Hey, what's going on? It's the last coffee house. Today we're talking about hidden tribes. It is not a book, it's a study of America's polarized landscape. It's by a group called More in Common. Sorry to just dive in. Feels so impersonal. I'm sorry for the inconsistent uploads recently. Usually it's Tuesdays and Thursdays to try to get something out, but there's just been nuttiness going on all around me. So, but this study, it's called Hidden Tribes. It's about, it has a lot of content, a ton of content. It's mostly people responding to certain questions to try to figure out, okay, how, how do people demarcate on issues and are there really just two sides? Can we carve them up into the American populace, the American voting populace? Can we carve them up into more groups than simple left-right when it comes to their positions on issues? So the stuff that's in the study, one important concept that it brings up are the core beliefs at the center of division between the voting populace. These include tribalism and group identification, fear and perception of threat, parenting style and authoritarian disposition, moral foundations, and personal agency and responsibility. I think we just talked about righteous minds, right? And that one talked about how to separate people based on, or had the moral foundations, that's what it talked about. Okay, well, these are core beliefs. Don't get them mixed up. Core beliefs can predict views on social and political issues with greater accuracy than demographic factors like race, gender, or income is the conclusion of the study and kind of the assertion that they're making. That if you know people's core beliefs, then you'll have a better idea than you would otherwise just looking at basic demographic factors. And people get divided into seven groups. Obviously, the big question is, okay, which group do I fall in? Because it's always about you. <laughs> But progressive activists, we're going left to right here, progressive activists make up about 8% of the population. They believe that society is unfair and unequal, they're uncomfortable with nationalism and ambivalent about America's role in the world, and their main concerns are things like climate change, inequality, and poverty. They're also very vocal. <laughs> So progressive activists and I mean they have they certainly tend to be younger and they usually compare everything to the population at large but I'm not going to go through all the numbers for everything obviously it's a, it's a pretty long study but it has a lot of very good information in there I'll get into my evaluation of it in a little bit but so progressive activists make about 8% of the population traditional liberals 11% and this seems like especially for like the moderately educated classes and all the people that I run into when it comes to talking talking about politics and major issues. The traditional liberal seems to be kind of the, the net that catches all the people who are just decent people. <laughs> just generally decent people and they don't have a bunch of hangers-on that are extreme or ridiculous or calling for all sorts of insanity. That's not to say that they're right or anything like that on a bunch of issues, but traditional liberals, I definitely feel comfortable with them. They have more faith in American institutions, they're not intolerant of conservatives, they have strong humanitarian values, and they need to be willing to compromise. Just generally, and I'm sorry to editorialize, jump in a whole bunch here and there right now because this isn't in the particular study, but I I want to, and this is my show, so I can do it. But when it comes to traditional liberals, they seem like on the face, they're the ones who have a genuine interest, like they want things to go well. They want people to be taken care of and to be happy. They they are genuine about what they're trying to get done. I just think they're often very wrong about things and the approach to things when it comes to long-term and what's best for the country, what's best for the world, etc. And it's certainly the group that I would have put myself in for a very long time. But like I said, I think it's very important to point out, this is kind of the group that I feel like are the most genuine. They want to help. <laughs> 
that just a lot of different pressures and shallow reasoning leads to certain positions that are, are questionable. But anyway, that's that's that category, about 11% traditional liberals. Passive liberals are 15%. They're described as uninformed and avoid politics. So passive liberals, generally I'm guessing it's more of a, a social thing in that they describe themselves as liberals but don't really have an interest in much of anything. They just say whatever axiom is going to get them the most social approval and just stick with that. Then there's the politically disengaged. That's 26% of the population, a full quarter. They're more anxious about external threats. They're less open with attitudes toward difference and the least well-informed group. And those descriptions, I mean, we'll get into it, but there are a lot of vague things about a lot of these categories and the questions that they ask, and it makes it kind of frustrating. I know you can't, it's pretty difficult to just encompass, it's better than just left-right, but it's pretty difficult to put people into groups. But it's kind of odd to just describe a large group is politically disengaged and just plug in these particular attributes to them. But moderates are 15%. They strongly disapprove of Donald Trump, I believe country headed in wrong direction. They think PC culture has gone too far and American identity is slipping away. So that's moderates on the other side of politically disengaged. I really feel weird about the <laughs> politically disengaged section. I'm not sure what it actually means. That's moderates, 15%. Traditional conservatives are about 19%. They believe in personal responsibility and self-reliance. Too much emphasis is given to issues of gay rights, sexual harassment, and racism. They have a clear sense of identity as an American and suspicious of traditional media. So that's traditional conservatives, 19%. And usually the big issue I have with traditional conservatives, or conservatism in general, is the religious one. When they want to base policy decisions or their lives in general on religions, uh, religious texts or interpretations of those texts or whatever else. Devoted conservatives are 6%. They are highly engaged. They think that abortion and terrorism are important issues. They value patriotism and loyalty to the flag, and they believe that traditional values are under assault. So that's devoted conservatives. And there are certainly sticking points amongst conservatism that are seriously problematic. So the way that it, it functioned was that the study, they asked a tons of questions uh, of people and then plugged them into these various groups. So there are questions about immigration, about sexual harassment, about white privilege, about Islamophobia, and many, many others that they would give you like responses that you could have to these questions. And they described how people would often have within like the same group, they'd often have incongruous opinions. For instance, one of them, 82% view hate speech as a problem in America, but 80% also view political correctness as an issue. And again, this is with how it was described within the study. I mean, look how incredibly vague that is that it can be internally contradictory. View hate speech as a problem in America. What on earth does that mean? Also view political correctness as an issue. What on earth does that mean? <laughs> It includes a bunch of statements from real people that have little blurbs of quotes from people that said something about something. One of the quotes that I pulled out was, quote, I think civil rational debate is dying. People are so tribalized. People want to retreat to their corner and insist that their opinion is right and not have it contested at all, end quote. I think that's there's a lot of validity to that. Of course, you wonder how many people are tribalized, whether the ends of the spectrum are just being amplified, and that's the big issue. I really don't think people disagree as much as they think they do, but it's an interesting quote. There are a lot of them throughout there and a lot of them really frustrating and annoying, but it's dealing with big issues. You know, 
know, the immigration issue, very big, complex issue. And there are a lot of just stupid ideas and stupid ways that people talk about it. And especially in, in the Trump era, there is this <laughs> spreading derangement that makes any conversation much more difficult when it comes to sexual harassment. Very big, very important topic that can have incredible positives, like getting it so people can actually talk about these things, men and women, so that they're more inclined to talk about these things and not be embarrassed by or feel affronted by somebody bringing up some a topic like this, but also going into the ideas of there's no spectrum of conduct <laughs> and there's no right, no method for rehabilitation afterwards. White privilege, grouping an entire people based on the color of their skin and saying they have a certain number of attributes. It's a massive question and it's one of those massively underdefined things that I constantly have problems with that I've gone through since I started this thing that I've constantly had problems with. So the, these are very big questions and complex issues, and it's kind of ridiculous that <laughs> that most of these groups will have strong opinions one way or the other on, <laughs> on any of them. Anyway, so some of my thoughts. I have another quote. I can't remember why I put this quote in my notes here, but uh, quote, Many Americans today suffer from deep injustices related to their race, sex, religion, sexuality, and other facets of their identities. But productive national dialogue about these and other critical issues has reached an impasse, in large part due to the widening gap between the major ideological and partisan perspectives. End quote. That is something that was said by the study. I think it was just annoying because it just asserted this thing. Suffer from deep... Many Americans today suffer from deep injustices. That's barely even a statement about anything. It's so vague. It's like there's at least one individual out there... <laughs> who did something wrong to another person that I'm asserting right now was based on their race, sex, religion, sexuality, or other facets of their identities. What does that do for anything? What does that mean? What is the point of having stated that? It's, it's, it has the equivalent rhetorical and intellectual effect of saying that there are mean people in the world, that there's at least one mean person out there. And the other part, a productive national dialogue about these and other critical issues has reached an impasse. I'm not sure what that means. I'm not sure what that means saying that it was a productive national dialogue. I don't know what dialogue you need to have. All you need is legal equality. That's all you need. And you can criticize people who say mean things on the basis of one of those protected classes, and you can sue people who engage in conduct that's discriminatory against one of those classes. That's what you do. It's legal equality. And many, many of the questions, I think virtually every question, was incredibly vague. It created these binaries about everything, as if each one of these areas are binary. So that got annoying as you're going through. It's like there's no nuance in any of these questions. Does this help? Does this kind of a study really help in trying to figure out how to get people to stop being <laughs> so binary in their thinking is to create a bunch of binary questions and have that reflect what people are thinking? I'm not sure if that's such a good idea. Oh, and I had just this, <laughs> this item that just scares the crap out of me. 83% of Americans either fairly or absolutely certain of the existence of God. That's just the perfectly illustrative datum uh, to demonstrate every problem that humanity has. That such a massive, ridiculous question that is so inadequately, I mean, so inadequately supported by any evidence, philosophy, argument, anything like that. And yet, Americans, by... A massive margin, fairly or absolutely certain, without any of those words really being defined in any real way. So it's, oh, this is just, 
disheartening to the nth degree. But anyway, so that's that's what I want to talk about with Hidden Tribes. It was actually, it's good to kind of get your brain trained to stop thinking about people in a binary left-right, you know, versus independent thing. <laughs> you know, even if it's a trinary, is that a word? So whether it's a binary or trinary, it's good to train your brain to stop thinking about people in those terms. So it's a good study to review, to read, to have a look at. But there are just myriad problems with this kind of thing. And I'm not doing any better studies, so I can't really... <laughs> Toss too many stones. However, still, I can criticize the hell out of it. So what I'm going to do in, in like the next one or one soon thereafter is actually take the test live. Oh my gosh. And broadcast it to the nation. See what uh, result that I get. I'm a little concerned because based on these questions, I'm concerned how they're going to actually place these demarcations between them. And we'll see what my political leaning is. Tune in next time. All right. Thanks. This is the last coffee house. Bye.